Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 11 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Lud, every week I get emails asking, what's that guy's name? Is that real? All right, let me, Lud, I'm, I'm not going to rag on you this episode, I promise. That's how we're going to start it out. <laughs> uh, we just had to get it out of the way before we kicked the dog. All right, listen, do, are you either one of you guys following or aware of Tim Sheehy's Senate campaign out in the state of Montana? He's a, a former Navy SEAL. He's running for U.S. Senate in the state of Montana. And listen, everybody, from all the different states that hear us, first off, thank you for listening. But no, I'm not picking on this guy. I truly wanted to get your, you guys to get your feel on this. Am I off Am I off the range? Because when I my email gets blown up with candidates wanting contributions, and I don't understand that. And, and I mean that literally. I remember on this show several years ago making fun of Democrats that were seeking uh, contributions from every other state, maybe their own, not sure, but from every other state. And I used to say, wait a minute, what happened to federalism? Why am not, I'm not, I'm focused on my own state. Don't you have enough people in your state to raise enough money to be able to compete? And that was Democrats. And now we've come over the last three or four years, um, probably, I, I don't know why, but I get many, a day, maybe the radio show, maybe my activism within the state Republican Party in days gone by. I don't know why, but I get many a day, and very few of them are from Michigan. I, does that bother you guys, or am I am I just wrong on this topic? So what's funny is, Mike, uh, you met me being a candidate, and. Uh, I originally started out looking at the U.S. Senate race, obviously, because yep. uh, it was a vacant seat when Le Carl Levin was retiring. I thought we were not going to rag on, on on you this episode. And right this out of the story, giving me ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ludwig. You but were going. I have a lot her. of family across the country, and I yep. was messaging them, going, "Hey, I understand you're not in Michigan, but me getting to the U.S. Senate also helps the country as a whole." So I was actually using this as a way of fundraising way back then before, I guess, want to say it became yeah. popular. What, what, but yeah, I get these emails every day and I go in and unsubscribe because I'm tired of them. But listen, first off, it's it's it was as successful for you as I might have guessed. And I say that with all due respect. Here's well, the problem the with it. To me, when I see this, it wipes out or negates the concept of federalism. It says, don't worry about your state sovereignty. Yes, I did say that term, state sovereignty. Don't worry about that. Let's just be one big, happy, multi-party country, just like old Francais. That's how I hear it. And so I, and I write back to a lot of these people, sorry, I'm focused on Michigan. I hope you've got enough people there in Montana to support you. But if not, maybe that's a message for your campaign. 
listen, I don't understand the difference. I really don't. Yeah, I, but, but, way, but I my, yeah, go ahead, Miles. Yeah. Uh, back back in the 90s, I did actually contribute to um Newt's campaign. Yep. Even though he was in Georgia and I live in Illinois. Yep. So I have to push back a little bit because because you're guilty. Well, I mean, you know, because I I actually like Newt. I and listen, I still like Newt. Now, yeah. Was so, that, was, and I get it, but I'm just telling you that. Hang on one second, Lud, and Lud, especially you, because you're a hypocrite. On this show years ago, <laughs> we had this exact conversation about Democrats. And when I take my intellectual honesty pill, I can't rag on them and then applaud the folks on our side of the divide that do it. I, I'm just telling you, Miles, I get your point about contributing to Newt Gingrich, who became the Speaker of the House. So it wasn't wasted national money. But I'm telling you, when their mechanism for fundraising is 100% national outreach, that to me negates the concept of states. It just does. Lud. Crack me, go ahead. Jump right in the deep end. So I don't think you're wrong. And I and I, I get good, where you're coming good from. Point. However, that's a great place to start, Ludwig. Yeah, I gotta butter you up a bit before I put you on the <laughs> put you on the rails here. However, looking at somebody like Miles, Miles is in Illinois. He's never getting two Republican senators. Even so when he gets them, option, even when they elect a statewide Republican, Miles, sorry, but that statewide Republican is not actually a real life supports Republican form of self-governance Republican. Right. So I think the difference is Republicans like Miles will look around and go, okay, I will never get one, but there's a chance that I can help us win the Senate in a purple state. So I'm going to put my money there. The difference is the Democrats go, we're going to turn that state from red to blue by inundating with millions of dollars. So there is a difference in the way it's conducted and the purpose of of it. Listen, I will tell you this. Democrats are better at raising money than Republicans are. Anyone that makes a study out of the the, uh, Federal Election Commission reports on candidates, they're simply better at raising money. That that might be cultural, and it goes to Miles' point that he's been making for the last dozen years or so, six years anyhow, that the parties themselves have shifted dramatically. So for the Democrats now to try to wheel out the little banker image from Monopoly to say there's a Republican is a fall down on the floor, kick your legs laughing kind of moment because they are about global interest money. And folks, and I'm not using that term to be sensational. I'm really not. The folks that are contributing have interests in other countries and they want to get rid of the borders. That's what their motive is. And I don't mean literally get rid of the motive, the borders. They want to get it to where they, they can go sell cars or sell whatever they're selling from country to country to country without any any kind of uh, high, high hurdles to, to make. That's what motivates a lot of them. It's about globalization. But they get money from big money, and they're better at it. So I, I'm just telling you, I'm a states' rights guy. I've only got a I've only got a wallet that's so big, and so if I'm looking in my little dinky wallet thinking, do I want to support somebody that might win in Michigan, or somebody that in from Montana? I look to like I said I look to that guy's constituents and say if you're all that and a peanut butter sandwich, 
have your own constituents raise you some money. I'm, maybe I'm all wet on it. That's why I brought it up. But my email, like I said, it blows up and it gets really old to me. Mine does too. <clears throat> I junk a lot of them and then I go and unsubscribe from them because I'm like, where did I even get, where'd you get my email from? So they must have bought a list somewhere. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know the candidate. So why would I support you? I don't know anything you stand for. Um, I ha- I'm in a state where I have legitimate candidates who can win. So you're not reaching out to somebody like Miles who has money to maybe in- to honestly invest in a candidate where he doesn't have an actual candidate who could win. So that would make sense to reach out to people like him. But to me, it doesn't. So I do junk these things. I get tired of them. I can see where it's one of those um, ploys that we feel like we're behind on because the Democrats have done so well at it that we're now trying to play catch up. Well, we don't need to do it to win. Part, part of the problem for the Dems is that they've already went through the Civil War we're all talking about on our side. So if you look at how they're running state elections, their PAC, their super PAC, and state-level PAC all cooperating together. So they'll say, okay, we need an anti-gun PAC in that district. We need a uh, we need an anti uh, a pro-abortion PAC in that district. They're extremely good at focusing their talent and money, and we're busy calling each other names. That's a problem. Listen, folks, we've got a big show, but stay with us. We got to take a break, and we'll right, be right back to jump right in it. All right, listen, guys, let's go in a slight different direction. I'm, I'm, we, we talk about this a lot, so let me apologize in advance. But I, I got to preface it this time. I'm genuinely concerned about President Biden. And I mean that earnestly. I, I genuinely am. The United States, it desperately needs a president. Uh, Miles, you, you spent some time in old France, eh? Uh, and he's talking about... The, the, Meteoron, and now he's talking about the the the, the former the deceased German Chancellor. Uh, listen, folks, I I'm not beating up on him for a minute. This guy's the president of the United States. He's got the black box going with him wherever he goes. He doesn't know who's dead or alive, including himself. And I'm not trying to be shrill. There is something dreadfully wrong with President Biden. This is not a happenstance once in a while. The media, uh, AP, and and if I call them news, um, MSN loves this story. Look, Trump just made a mistake. He referred to uh, Nikki Haley as Nancy Pelosi. Well, first off, I see the similarities. I'm just saying, politically, I do. That subject aside, this guy's on the road constant, 100% of the time, and the media says, oh, look, he made a mistake. Listen, everybody makes mistakes. We make mistakes on this show. Speaking of that, I want to correct myself. Last week, I talked about um, the numbers of union workers being at 1% or 2%. It's actually around 10% right now. So let me let me correct myself. But I'm using that as a point. The idea that somebody can do as much talking and moving and campaigning with, with 90-some cases going against them 
and not make a mistake and then compare that as, as if it's even Stephen to a guy that's talking about two dead prime ministers that he just had a conversation with. Folks, we've got a problem. I'm not, Miles, you, because of your Francais experience, I got a call on you. Did, did, were you aware that the guy passed away and hasn't been in office in a long time? Oh, yeah, but I mean, I'm almost getting to the point where I am accustomed to, you know, Biden falling over himself. Right. As we, we've talked about on the show, there are theories that at the DNC, which is going to occur where I'm at right now, Yep, that they're gonna bait and switch us. Yeah, I that, listen. There's people like me that have been espousing. We'll find out how wrong I am, but I think the Chicago, the Democrat convention in Chicago is gonna look like the Democrat convention in Chicago, circa '68. Um, a, a lot of Black American men are upset with being lied to for 60 years. They're saying, right. "Not one more. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it." And God bless them for saying no more. Well, that's going to be a hot a hot deal, but let, let, listen, I got to tell you in the meantime and let I saw you hang just one second. In the meantime, we've got the, the guy with the football, the nuclear football, and his backup plan is Kamala Harris. Really? That's the backup plan? <laughs> I'm folks, I'm telling you, I'm not being partisan right now. This is not the Trump guy talking. This is me saying, this is the United States of America, supposedly the richest and most well-defended country in the world in history. We've got a guy talking to dead people, and his backup plan is Kamala Harris. Folks, funny, we have a crisis. Love the funny part. No, well, the funny no, part you know what, though, people? The, no. Mike is a cruiser and has a always cruiser. been a cruiser. I, I confess that's true. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am. I am the, a funny part, the funny part about the backup plan is, if you remember back to Obama era, yep. everybody said the backup plan to him being impeached was Biden. Right. Nobody wanted Biden to be in power. Right. Listen, yeah, they twice more picked... votes in the history of the presidential election than anybody ever. Yeah, he, he what he ran twice, one huge in '88, and in both instances, the Democratic caucus the democratic side of america said no thank you we don't need a guy that runs around making racist comments and just buffoonery statements he's wrong on every single foreign policy issue historically for five five decades he's uh tell me what that says right there ludwig i can't see it Marine jean pierre she's the white house press secretary and i'm yep. sick of her responses to peter Ducey. Yeah. Uh, anytime he brings up anything about this, whether whether it's age or competence, she immediately poo-poos it away, acts as if it shouldn't even be a question. And there's not just Peter Ducey. He's just the Fox reporter. But yeah. any reporter who questions it, she almost treats them as if they're less than and dirt. But, that how but dare they question the president of the United in, States? In fairness to her, truly, and I mean this sincerely, I, I'm saying it with a smile, but I am sincere. If you're her or anybody standing there at that podium, how can you defend a president that cannot say a paragraph and then, and then often is talking about people that he just had conversations with 
that he's either never met in his entire life or that have been dead for decades. How is that defendable? Well, I think it's easy to spin. I mean, this guy's been in. Pre- let me let me spin it for you right now, Mike. Hey, we're I'm talking about a president who's been in the Senate for and, and Congress in D.C. for four decades. He meets a lot of these individuals. He happened to get them mixed up. That happens time to time. And yeah, he's getting a little bit older. And as, as much experience as he had, has had, he's talked to a lot of different prime ministers. So he happened to slip up. We'll try to make sure that hat doesn't happen again. And boom, I'm move on. Him, Ludwig, I'm quoting him. There is some movement and I don't want to, I don't want to, let me, let me be, let me, let me be, choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, there's been a response from the opposition, but, um, it goes on and on and on. It's not, it, it, it doesn't hold any meaning at all. It's not like he misnamed a person or came up with a, 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 a misfire on his synopsis. This thing goes on and on and on. And it's absolute, it makes Kamala Harris look like a grand speech maker. But do you know what was more scary this week than this? I don't know if I, I sent it to you, Mike, and I don't know if Miles got a chance to see it was Kevin McCarthy was at a forum and they were talking to him about negotiating with Biden on the debt seal on the debt deal. Yep. And he goes, I couldn't, it wasn't on his cards. Right. If it wasn't on his cards, he wasn't allowed to speak about it. Right. Now I get the cards when you're at the podium because you yep. want to keep things tight, neat and in order. But when you're negotiating with the house speaker, what cards are you discussing? I, l- listen, I got to tell you, it begs the question. One of the conspiracies that people have always been talking about is do these offices actually do anything? Literally, are, are you just pomp and circumstance and you steer the emotion of the term? And if that's the case, then who in the heck is really running the country? There can be no question about Biden running the country. He's not. I don't know who is, and I'm not trying to be a conspiratorialist. But there's no question whatsoever that he is not he's not the person running the country. It's not possible for him to run the country. Yeah, that begs to say then who who is it? Is it the deep state? Is it just the bureaucracy is so bureaucracy is so large, forget conspiracies, so large that it just chugs along with or yeah. without somebody sitting in that office. I'm telling you, it's a it's a big issue. And and the Biden health issue is really shedding a light on these questions. So from that, I think he's providing a service because people like me are looking back and go, I guess we don't need a president because we're stumbling along now without one. Well, you know what? It definitely proves that he's not running the country. And besides right. the fact that 90% of policies he's implemented have been completely against what he stood for in Congress for 30 years. I've, I've rattled off a list recently where everything that he said he was for offense now he's against offense. He's literally, folks, he, he advocated for the, 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 the fence act. And now he looks at you like, what fence? We don't want a fence. Oh, we're going to build the fence. The card says no fence. So he's got to read no fence. So he doesn't actually know what he wants. He knows whatever the card is. And that's yep. your point. And that's, that's a sad reality for the United States of America and for our allies. It's a problem. Folks, stay with us. We've got a big show coming up after the break. We'll be right back.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedendorski, and we are broadcasting from our flagship station, beautiful 1450 AM, 99.7 FM, Holland, Michigan, on the cold but getting slowly warmer shores of Lake Michigan. We are blessed to have folks listening from a whole bunch of different states. We thank you all. If you're hearing us outside of the state of Michigan, just like here in Michigan, you are listening to the absolute finest radio station in your community. We thank our affiliate stations, and mostly, folks, we thank you for listening. Today, we, we don't do a lot of guests, but today um, we've got a guest, and I'm very, very excited to have him on. Pete Hookstra, Chairman Pete Hookster, welcome back to the Mike Hewitt Show. Mike, it's great to be with you today. Thank you. You know, it's it's been a long time. Since, and by the way, we don't do a lot of guest interviews anymore. Now, there was a time in the show's history where every day was, we were daily, and we did lots of them. We don't anymore. But And I tell you that part, everybody, to let you know that when we do, it's someone that we think is very special and very important to what's going on in the political environment into our lives in total. Pete, I'm going to run through your resume briefly just from memory, but you were a congressman from the old 2nd Congressional District in Michigan, chaired the the House Intelligence Committee. You were an ambassador, are an ambassador, and now you are the chairman of Michigan's Republican Party. I got to tell you, it's an honor to have you on, but what a, what a wonderful career life you had, Pete Hoekstra. Uh, I really have been blessed. Uh, And even before I got into politics, I had an awesome career with Herman Miller, the office furniture manufacturer. I spent 15 years there. And then, as you said, I moved on to Congress, uh, had an opportunity to be uh, President Donald Trump's uh, representative to uh, the Kingdom of the Netherlands, and most recently been elected to be the state party chairman for the great state of Michigan. So it's, uh, it's been a good it's been a good and uh, blessed career, uh, Chairman. You've got a you've got a real big task in front of you. You're aware of that, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, no. The uh, although I'll tell you one thing, uh, Mike. The people ask, well, "What's the state of the party?" And and I say, "Well, there's there's at least two different parties out there. Uh, the one is grassroots conservatives, grassroots Republicans. Uh, we're doing fine there." Uh, they know exactly what's going on in the country. Uh, you know, every day, Bidenomics, uh, the policies of our governor here in the state, uh, energize them for November because, you know, state parties are all about winning elections. Uh, the other Republican Party, the, you know, the, the one that's an organization that says, hey, we are the state party of Michigan, Republican Party of Michigan. Yeah, we've got some issues there, but the great thing is, grassroots were were in good shape there's a word that i've learned to dislike over the years pete it's the word unity i dislike it because sometimes it felt like it was being overused and maybe even even misapplied but in this instance first off i agree with you there are there are two distinct different groups of people but to me when i look at election results because i'm all about winning all of the all of the rancor and all of the conversation, divide and debate we can have on a grassroots and party level, 
if it doesn't end up with winning, what a waste of time, effort, and frustration. So that's that's what drives me is a November victory. And so when I look at the math, when I see folks, this is just my cue at everybody. Please don't put this on Pete Hookster or anybody else. This is just me. But when I see Republicans, people forget even if you're a party member, people that support the concept of Republicanism, um, a representative government of self, self-governance, people that support that calling each other names, getting in the mud and rolling around, my co-host Miles Bauer will often appropriately remind me that making sausage is an ugly business. It's got to be done. Usually things work out if we stick to it. He's right about that. One of the things that were on my show notes today was when the media, I think it was MSN, was ragging on the current state of the Republican Party and specifically the House of Representatives not having enough unity. In fact, their their disunity took them back to 1982. And I thought, well, wait a minute. The 1980s were pretty good for the Republican Party and for freedom and liberty in the United States. I And I, I didn't want to give you a big bucket thing, Pete, but what is your view on the things I'm trying to get my hands around that I've listed there? Well, a couple of things. Politics and electoral politics from a political party are preparing the party to have success at an election cycle. And we're now focused on November 2024. And it is about winning elections. And the other thing ultimately is we get excited about the policies that we believe Republicans, conservatives, independents will put into place if they're given the opportunity uh, to govern. Uh, And, you know, one of the questions that we ask ourselves every day, will the activities that we engage in as a Republican party here in the state of Michigan, will those enable us to get more people to vote Republican this fall. And so we not only reach out to Republicans and independents, we also reach out to Democrats. Uh, In a state like Michigan, we're going to have a lot of Democrats uh, who are going to give a good hard look at voting for Donald Trump, voting for our Senate candidate, and voting for our congressional and state House candidates. So, So, you know, we, you know, and so... You know, I wouldn't necessarily use the word unity, uh, but we do want to spend the vast, vast, vast majority of our time and energy uh, conveying to the people of Michigan uh, what our vision is for the future uh, in a way that attracts voters to our effort rather than criticizing some other Republicans where we might have a, uh, a small uh, where we may disagree about things. So we, we're going to focus on the bigger issues. Uh, hopefully that will bring us together. Avoiding the word you don't like, unite. Well, listen, right. i got to tell you the word hey, I... Hey, hey, Pete, can I... Um, this is Miles, by the way. Do you, can, can you give me some thoughts you have around uh, the blue states' free and fair elections? Well, I mean, um, I'm not sure exactly quite what, what you're meaning by the phrase. but well, yeah, I mean, I mean uh, that, you know, that some of us thought there was some funny business going on in 2020. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, the uh, sure, there may have been funny business. You know, I came out, I chair the House Intelligence Committee 
Uh, and when I was watching the 2020 elections, and I'm seeing that 51, uh, you know, former uh, demo or former national security people coming out publicly and saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was, right. uh, you know, classic Russian disinformation. Well, that's right. baloney. Okay, uh, you know, so that's messing with uh, the 2024 or the 2020 election that came out. I think in October, uh, just shortly before the election, they, they yes. were lying. And I think many of them knew it. Uh, reading that, you know, the director of national intelligence, who at that time was a Republican, but that his people were involved with social media and meeting with social media on a weekly basis uh, to determine uh, and tell the social media companies what was real information and what was disinformation. Well, I can tell you, those folks were not biased towards uh, helping President Donald uh, Donald Trump get reelected. Uh, so that was monkey business. The other thing is, I think it was illegal. They had absolutely no right uh, to be involved with that kind of information domestically. Our intelligence community, by law, is limited to working against our foreign enemies, not to try to shape and influence politics listen, here listen, in the I've United States. So Pete Hoekstra, I agree I've got that to there's lots Pete, of monkey Pete, business going on. I've got we to, need to get to the bottom of it. Okay. Pete, i got to stop you for a minute. We've got to go to a break, but I want to hold you okay. over because there's a lot more. Folks, we'll be right back. Hookstra, listen, I appreciate you staying over for a minute. I got to ask you just a few more questions before we can let you go. One of the things that's caught my attention, probably more than all of the rest of the food fight we're watching going on on our side of the divide, and that's fundraising. As you're probably acutely aware, many of the major donors have pushed away from the table. Um, and without them, um, holy smokes, you've got a real big hill without proper funding. What what are you seeing for this election cycle in terms of fundraising to get a, get a hold of the steering wheel, Pete? It's not nearly as devastating as it appears on the surface, because number one, people knew that the Michigan Republican Party had some challenges. And so many of the major donors, uh, they, they perceived this eight, nine months ago. And they didn't, they walked away from donating to the Michigan Republican Party, the institution. But what they did is they formed other organizations to fill the void and to fill the gap that they saw with a non-functioning Republican Party. So those organizations are out there. So that work has been going on. And, you know, now that they're seeing new leadership at the Republican Party, they're very interested in coming back and making sure that we focus and work together as a group. And they are, uh, they're, very, uh, they're very energized. They, they want to work with the Republican Party. Yeah, we've got some work to do. Uh, I'll acknowledge sure. that. But uh, I'm optimistic that when we get to November, uh, people are going to say, hey, those guys ran a very credible, if not a very uh, spectacular campaign. Uh, we got, like I said, we got work to do right now, but we're going to get it done. Right. Ludwig, what you, what's on your mind, Ludwig? Hey, uh, um, I don't know, Ambassador, Congressman, I'm not quite sure what to call you there, Mr. Hookstra, but uh, Pete, Pete, Pete is fine. 
All right, Pete, <laughs> why did you want to do this? Being a former congressman and the ambassador to the Netherlands, what made you want to come in and help save uh, Michigan's Republican Party? Well, you know, my wife, my, my wife has started asking me that over the last week and a half as well. <laughs> exactly, you could have said no. No, I mean, number one, we love grassroots politics. Number two, we are so appreciative of the time that I was in Congress and I ran for the Senate. Uh, you know, the the number of grassroots Republicans and independents who uh, we'll never be able to thank them by name. We we will probably never meet many of them. You know, we'd be riding around the state and. You know, you'd be out in some corner of nowhere, and there'd be a four-by-eight uh, sign saying, you know, Hookster for Senate. Or we'd drive around West Michigan, and we'd see a four-by-eight Hookster for Congress and say, God, I wonder how it got up here. You know, who put that sign up? Uh, and, you know, we, we are so appreciative and thankful for all the grassroots people that uh, have helped us over the years. Uh, a number of them called and said, hey, Pete, please, please consider, you know, will you and Diane – uh, step up for nine months. Uh, you know, will you step up for nine months, get us through November uh, and help us? Because uh, we think that, you know, your background and all of that, uh, you know, you, you can help make a difference. And so Diane and I talked about it. And like every political uh, endeavor we've gotten into, we decided uh, together that, yes, we will do this. And, uh, you know, we love the party, but you know, we love the country, and we love the uh, conservative agenda. And we think uh, it's important for Michigan and the country that uh, those messages get out there, that that alternative vision for the future of America, uh, that it be strongly articulated and put out uh, in the public for them to make their decision. Well, that's that's great. And then, then the follow-up I have to that, Pete, is because I'm one of those guys who stepped up in 14 on my own dime. I I, I stupidly challenged uh, a sitting rep, but, you know, at the time I thought I was doing the right thing. Um, I immediately, once I lost uh, in the primary, I jumped on board. None of this, I, it's me or nothing type attitude. And obviously some of that's went away, but since then I've been heavily involved, but I'm one of those guys who got washed out with the bathwater over the last two years. How do you get the people back like me at the County level, the grassroots people who are willing to make the change, who are common sense that are like, Hey, He's here. Come work with us and help us get this done. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're, you're welcome. Um, we may set up a separate organization for you. Uh, you know, I've had, uh, you know, I have a, a friends up in the UP, and one of them said, uh, hey, Pete, a bunch of us got washed out of our local Republican Party. Okay, we've been working for years. I know that's happened in other parts of the state. Uh, it sounds like it's happened to you. And, um, and he said, should I go and fight it? And I said, well, that's up to you. But right now we've got, uh, you know, eight, nine months to get ready for, uh, or, you know, and we'll have an election. Voters will start voting in, what, uh, six months? And, you know, we will, if, if need be, if, if the Republican Party up there will not embrace you and it won't work with the state party, we'll work with you. We'll work with you. We, you know, we may just create, uh, you know, independence uh, for Donald Trump, work with the Michigan Republican Party. Michigan uh, Republicans uh, independents for our Senate candidate, for our state house candidate, for our congressional candidates. You you will find a welcome place in the Republican Party, and uh, you know we will work with you and coordinate activities. Uh, we'll work with the state party uh, at the county level as well. Uh, but uh, for disaffected Republicans who believe that they aren't welcome right now, 
they are welcome into the uh, into the state party and to coordinate our activities with them. Uh, you know, That's we awesome. want to work through local county parties, uh, but if you know if if they don't want to participate, uh, don't worry, you will have a home. <laughs> great, great, and I and I support what you're doing, and uh, I'm really glad to have you on board and at the helm. It's nice to see that we got somebody uh, with some real leadership qualities and experience at the helm in the state. We need it because this state's important to the uh, overall presidential election. So I'm really glad to have you on board. Um, hey, oh, very Chairman, 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 let me ask you, when you look at Michigan, do you think of it as a purple state, a blue state, or a red state? I think that, uh, yeah, you have to recognize it's a purple state at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, the right. last election, 2022, was uh, was not good. We lost everything. Uh, but, you know, 2016, we won for Trump. Uh, you know, we've, we've controlled the, either the state house or the state senate. 2022 was, uh, you know, I hope was our low, low watermark. But, uh, you know, no, we, we can win on the policies that Biden and Whitmer are putting in place and clearly make this a, a competitive state uh, and hopefully lay the framework uh, kind of like we did with John Engler and those folks that made it a, a solid uh, red state uh, for state government. Uh, but, you know, I'd like our policies can win, OK, right. because they're better for Michigan and they are better for the country than the alternative. We can turn you, the state uh, from the blue that it is today to a purple and hopefully, uh, you know, moving towards red. I, Pete, Pete thank, Hoekstra, I'll thank tell you, you very, thing. very, very much for that, because I have had an argument with Mike for a long time. Can you help me to understand how 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 does Whitmer appeal to the state of Michigan? I, I don't understand that. Mike constantly berates me about that. Everybody loves Whitmer, and no. I don't see it from a Not guy everybody. who's sitting out and Chicago. Yeah. No, no. Not not everybody. She, she, yeah. The, the problem is she hasn't been challenged. Right. Republicans have not challenged her or her policies. Uh, I mean, you know, I've, I've spent uh, the last year working on this, you know, crazy policy of providing $4 billion to two Chinese-affiliated companies to build battery plants in Michigan. We are right. giving money to, uh, you know, a national security risk and, you know, uh, an international threat. And she, nobody's challenged her on it. Right. Republicans are supporting her on it. The people at, you know, in Grand Rapids at the right place, uh, you know, they've been pushing the, this you know, money to a Chinese battery plant. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and, you know, what happened? We brought the issue to the grassroots. Up in uh, Macosta County, uh, Green Township, we were called, I think, five of their township supervisors. The grassroots right. figured out that giving $4 billion to the Chinese government was a bad idea. But our governor, uh, the Democrats in the state house and state senate, never figured that out. The grassroots are looking at this and saying, wow, let's see. Right. I'm a family of five. That's two thousand dollars from my family going to the Chinese Communist Party. You know what? Right. I think there's a better place to spend that money, and maybe the better place to spend that money would have been to leave it in my pocket. Listen, I I, I got to stop you for a minute. Let me yeah. push back a little bit on Miles, 
to say I don't think everyone likes Whitmer, but she polls very well in the 60% range. That, to me, I agree with you. That's an anomaly. But Pete, we're, Pete Hookstra, we're out of time. But I, I want to touch one last point. One of the things that you made me think of when you were talking to Ludwig about getting him building a, a, a place for everybody in Michigan to help reminded me of John Engler building coalitions. Listen, Chairman Pete Hookster, thank you very, very much for joining us. Folks, thank you for listening, and we will see you next.